Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about how we can give a gift to our future selves by starting holiday planning now. And we'll talk to Melissa Urban about her terrific new book, The Book of Boundaries. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the five senses, and human nature. And I am in my little home office here in New York City. And joining me today from Los Angeles is my sister, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, I have an announcement today that will make you very happy. Mm, that's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA. And Gretchen, I can't wait to hear this announcement. Well, Elizabeth, you are all about the mugs. You are a connoisseur of mugs. And the new Happier with Gretchen Rubin mug is finally ready to buy and ship. So we spend a lot of time on this mug. At last, it's ready. Elizabeth, I can tell you that. It's ceramic. It has our logo, our new logo, because we kind of updated our logo. It has a matte white finish. It's got a glossy, cheerful yellow inside. If you want to take a look, it's happiercast.com slash mug. And Elizabeth, I know you've been you've been wanting those to be ready to unleash on the world. And now they are finally ready. Yes, you know I love mugs. Yes, Gretch. yes, indeed. So <laughs> much. And it's just in time to celebrate our 400th episode. Absolutely. Yes. So for 400, we're going to be discussing the podcast, all these episodes, what has changed your life? What's been the most fun? We want to highlight what listeners have loved. Yes. And we've we've already started getting these and they are so fascinating and fun to read about. So keep them coming. Uh, we want to hit those highlights for our 400th episode, which is coming up next week. So that's very exciting. Yay. Yay. And Gretchen, I should mention I'm getting over a cold. So I'm sorry if my uh, voice is sort of in and out here today. Okay. Well, we'll let you take your time if you need to. This week, our Try This at Home tip is to give a holiday gift to your future self by getting a jump on your holiday shopping, planning, preparations now. So Alyssa, we love to talk about celebrating minor holidays, and that's so fun. And part of what's fun about the minor holidays is they're not a lot of work. And now this is about the major holidays. These are the major holidays that require quite a bit of work. They're fun, but they can take a lot of time, energy, and money. Yes. So we have in the U.S. Thanksgiving, and then quickly followed by Christmas, Hanukkah, other yeah. holidays. New Year's Eve, which yes. for some people is a thing. A lot of times people have travel, whether it's travel to see family, family coming to see them, going on a trip. Thanksgiving is the biggest time of traveling within the United States. That's when the most people are like on the road. So it can be a lot. 
Yeah, and Gretchen, I recently gave myself, in fact, a happiness demerit for not yeah. planning. I waited a long time to get my tickets to go to Kansas City for Thanksgiving, and that caused me much stress. Yeah, and after you gave yourself that demerit, I'm like, I'm just going to learn a lesson right now and buy my tickets to Kansas City for Christmas. But have I done that? No, I have not. But okay, after so this today, is for I, you as well. Yes. This is for us. Yes, we're always giving yes. advice to ourselves. Yeah. So one of the ways that I think can be helpful to think about giving this gift to your future self is you can think about October is for planning. November is for sort of shopping. And December then can be more about appreciating because if you've done a lot of work early, you're in a better place to sort of stop and smell the pumpkin latte because you won't be so stressed and running around because you'll have done a lot of the work early. This is a good idea. You can actually have fun at those parties instead of saying, <laughs> I should be shopping right now. Yeah, exactly. So I asked on social media for people's ideas. And like, as always, listeners had a lot of great hacks, suggestions, tips. Some of these are pretty familiar, but we all need to be reminded, just like I need yes. to be reminded to go ahead and buy my holiday uh, plane tickets. And it's, it's not enough to know what you should do. You kind of have to be reminded to go ahead and do it. Yeah. So, okay, we'll go through some of these ideas. Someone says, over time, add gift ideas to a wish list. Yeah, like write down every idea you have for a gift, keep it going. Here's a good one. If you plan to have guests, start clearing clutter now so you don't have to rush before house guests arrive or before your party starts. So if you know it's coming up, take it slow and steady. And then there's choose a theme gift. For instance, give everyone the same item in a different color. Brilliant. And here are two ideas for holding on to memories, because if you're thinking about how to organize memories from the holidays, or we're often, you know, coming up against to the, the end of the year, so you maybe want to get organized for your 2022. One is the memento book, which is great for things that are flat, like invitations or documents or tickets or certificates, things like that. The memento book, it's got I have pockets mine in here it. with things I need to put in it, Gretch. Yes. I want to come over to your house so much and clear clutter and like do <laughs> memento journaling. And then here, these are these storage boxes. So both of these things you can get on my site. This is super cunning. It, it's flat. It, it, you can store it flat and then it pops up in a very satisfying way to make a box. It's very light. Mm. It's very pleasing. But so if you have, you're keeping holiday cards or decorations or memorabilia for the year, that's a great thing. So you can look at the journal at happiercast.com slash journals. And the storage box is happiercast.com slash storage box. And I'll put a link in the show notes um, and pictures in the show notes if you're not watching on YouTube to see what they look like. So Gretch, we already discussed make your travel plans early yes. to save money and hassle as I yes. discovered. And, yes. and this is something I need to figure out, make arrangements for pets if you'll be away. Yes. If you leave it too long, it can be hard to figure out what you're going to do with your beloved pets. Yes. So identify non-gift gifts. A lot of people want to give something that's an experience, not a thing. And so figure out what that is. Like maybe you're going to say to somebody, let's take a class together. Like Eliza once gave me a cheese class that yes. she and I took together. So that was her gift to me. Maybe it's movie tickets. Maybe you're going to do an irksome chore for someone. Like uh, my friend who went over to her friend's house and changed all her light bulbs, which I think huh. is one of the all-time greatest gifts. <laughs> gift of podcast. This is where you print out a little certificate and tell somebody, I'm giving you Happier in Hollywood. And the nice thing is, is it's free for everybody. <laughs> Doesn't add to the clutter. 
Yeah, and it's hours of listening enjoyment, especially if it's somebody who doesn't really listen to podcasts. It's like this whole new world opens to them. And so if you want to get one of those to print it out, that's at GretchenRubin.com slash resource slash gift of podcast. I'll put a link to that in the show notes because that's a big mouthful. But this is really fun. If you find the right podcast for someone, it is as exciting as Elizabeth when you gave me the gift of Mad Men. Yes. It was like we've been talking about it ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, another idea is make a list of don't miss seasonal experiences to enjoy or to host. Yeah. Yeah. I still remember the year we didn't carve a pumpkin because I just forgot about pumpkin carving. Yes. Or- you don't want the season to get away from you and you leave something out. Totally relate to that. So one listener suggested if you want to host a a holiday party, do it earlier in the season when things are calmer. So she said she invites people to trim the tree. Mm. So it's sort of like do it when it's before the intense busy period, which is a good idea. Very smart. And then for decorating or hosting, identify things you might need and buy them before the store's supplies run low. Twinkle lights, wrapping paper, And Gold Star, by the way, if you bought these things after the holidays last year when they were on sale. Yeah. um, (laughs) But if you didn't do that, order them, get them now. And Gretchen, I have gone to the store and there's no wrapping paper, no bows, you know, no scotch (laughs) It's like the horrible wrapping paper. We're like, why is this even mass produced? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, our mother is the best at buying stuff at holiday sales the year before. Um, She never runs out of stuff. If you are buying larger purchases of food or drinks, you can buy early. You can arrange delivery. um, So you avoid shopping at crowded times or, again, not being able to find what you want. But you know what, Elizabeth, was interesting is some people really said they didn't want to prepare too early. I thought this was, a real, you know, the opposite of a profound truth is also true. Yes. And no tool fits every hand. Some people say they really want to enjoy each season as it happened and they didn't want to rush ahead. So they didn't want to be thinking about Thanksgiving in October. They wanted to be thinking yes. about Halloween in October. And then um, some people say they burn too much energy or too much money if they start early. Like you can overly buy too many gifts because you've started early and you just keep buying things, which is a good point. Well, and someone said that she kept, she did all these things that no one appreciated and then she got Mm. resentful and she realized she'd just given herself too much time and energy (laughs) to get things done. And so she's like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to go so deep. So good Mm. to keep that in mind. Another thing that there were a lot of tips about was around holiday cards and how much thinking ahead can help you with holiday cards. If you want to use a photo, get that photo taken and shows now. Mm-hmm. And order the holiday cards early. Yeah. And update your address list early. And what was a good suggestion is if you receive holiday cards yourself, you can check the addresses to make sure your list is up to date. Or like Elizabeth, I know you were hoping to do it. As you get them, this can be the baseline of your own address list. Yes. No, this is a great idea. And if you like to keep the cards you receive each year, you can use the storage box, Gretchen. That's a perfect vessel for cards yeah, Yeah. or um, the memento journal to keep them organized. Right, right. Because a lot of people, it turns out, really love to keep holiday cards from other people. I keep a copy of our holiday cards, but some people keep everybody's holiday cards. So, Elizabeth, how are you? I know that was on your 22 for 22 list. I know, Gretch. I have not taken the photo. I got to get on that. Maybe you want to do an email card. Did you think of that? Or that's really just not... 
You know, I haven't, but that's a good point. I feel like the photo is the big thing, but I guess maybe we could just pick a photo that we already have and then email a card. Maybe that's a good idea. Well, and maybe on the one I don't hand, feel the need to go wide. I just like send it to people who I know I have their email address. Right, right. Well, it's that don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, but also if you do it step by step, it's probably manageable. But you've got a lot on your plate right now. So oh, but I, I could squeeze this in if I I should. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> Well, let us know if you do try this at home and how giving a holiday gift to your future self by starting your holiday planning works for you. Let us know what you're doing. And on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. As always, you can go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 399 for photos, images, links, and everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a photo happiness hack, but first this break. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. My closet was chaotic, crammed with a bunch of clothes, but nothing to wear. The game changer, upgrading to high-quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Gretchen, I got from Quince these super soft fleece wide leg pants in black, and I actually look put together when I go to pick up Jack from school. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. And now for a happiness hack. And again, this is something that you could think about if you are giving a gift to your future self related to the holidays or any time of the year, but it would come in handy in the holidays too. Yes. And this comes from Andrea. She says, whenever my kids and I go on a big trip, we book a photo shoot with Flytographer. They are a network of local photographers who know the city and do a great job. It is a bit expensive, but most professional photos are. It helps create great memories. And I use the photos around our home. And there are 350 cities all over the world that have Flytographer. 
Yeah. So this is a great suggestion. And my impression is that they specialize in vacation destinations and also proposal photos, Mm -hmm. like marriage proposal photos. But I'm sure you could find somebody for whatever you wanted. And, you know, Elizabeth, you and I are both are fans of professional photographers. Like, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's wonderful to take all those pictures ourselves. But in the end, a professional photographer just just elevates it and creates yeah. that keepsake photograph. Absolutely. So this is a great hack. Thank you, Andrea. And now for an interview. We are so excited today to be talking to Melissa Urban. Yes, Melissa Urban is a six-time New York Times bestselling author and co-founder of The Whole 30, the hugely popular wellness program that helps people transform their health and their relationship with food. She specializes in helping people establish healthy boundaries and successfully navigate habit change. Melissa lives in Salt Lake City, Utah, and she's a super active person who loves hiking, snowshoeing, paddleboarding, yoga, and she also loves to read, which of course we love. I got to know Melissa years ago because we were both so engaged in subjects related to habit change that eventually our paths crossed and we became friends. Her new book is The Book of Boundaries, Set the Limits That Will Set You Free. It's about how we can create healthy boundaries to end resentment, burnout, and anxiety, and reclaim our time, energy, health, and relationships. These are issues obviously related to having a happier life. So welcome, Melissa. Hi. Hi, Gretchen. Hi, Liz. Hey, so good to hi. chat with you both again. Oh, we're you so excited. too. Well, let's get right into the book of boundaries, which is so good. Um, you wrote the book because you're very engaged with your audience and you found that the challenge of setting boundaries just kept coming up over and over, whether that's with family members such as grandparents yeah. <laughs> or bosses and coworkers, spouses, even friends. So were you surprised this was such a big issue? No. I really wasn't. Honestly, I've been helping people say no since the earliest days of the Whole30, right? The Whole30 program, which was created in 2009, is an elimination program. So for 30 days, you say no quite a bit to break room donuts or the wine at happy hour. And I realized early on that people really struggled to say no, especially in the face of social pressure. So Mm. helping people say no to that and then them realizing the self-confidence it brings to sort of hold their own health commitments led them to start asking me, how do I say no to my pushy mother-in-law? How do I say no to the coworker that's always gossiping? How do I say no when my parents shove sugar and dairy into my kid, even though I've asked them not to? And I think the pandemic really brought all Mm. of that to a head when we, you know, school and work and kids and home and relationships all ran together in a way that made a lot of us realize we didn't have a lot of boundaries. So it made people more aware. Um, I mean, Melissa, there's so many great ideas in the book, but one of the most compelling parts is when you talk about how you struggled with your own five-year addiction. You've been in recovery for 22 years now, so it's been a long time. But that really taught you a lot about boundaries. So just talk a little bit about that epiphany that you had. Yeah. You know, I spent five years addicted to drugs after a traumatic incident in my teens and went into recovery once and had a year in recovery before I relapsed. And looking back, it was clear that I had just no boundaries around my own recovery or my own safety. I had only set one really shaky boundary with myself that I would do my best not to use. And I was reliant on like luck and willpower and circumstance Mm. to keep me in that recovery. Mm -hmm. The second time around, I knew things had to be different and I didn't know how to make them different. And I found myself in another really scary situation at a party where I didn't belong with people I didn't know. 
and one good friend with me. And in a moment of just sheer desperation, I set a boundary. I said to him, I can't be here. This is not safe for me. I need to go home. And that was the moment where I realized that these boundaries, this kind of advocating for myself and my needs, they weren't going to make my life smaller. They weren't going to push people away like I was afraid. They weren't going to build walls. They made all of my relationships and my entire life so much bigger than I ever imagined. And that was really the start of my own personal boundary practice. And do I remember that you said to him something like, you know, I can't be your friend if if, if we can't have a boundary. And he was like, okay, right? Yes. Yeah. I was like, I can't be here. I'm not okay. And he was like, okay. And then I was like, I vomited it all out, right? Right. You can't ever offer me drugs again. You can't ever use them in front of me. You can't ever bring them into my house. And if you can't do this, we can't be friends. Right. And he looked like a deer in the headlights, but he said, okay. And I was like, whoa, could it really be that easy? Yeah. Well, and Melissa, you make a distinction that is so important, um, which comes up in the story you just told, and I think it's easy to get confused. You write, a boundary isn't about controlling someone else or telling them what to do. Boundaries are a limit around what you will or will not do in order to keep yourself safe and healthy. Yeah. So explain that, because that really is the key, I think, to your the whole thing, right? Well, and, and and also, Melissa, the way you point out that sometimes when you you can't set a boundary to control someone else, which which seems obvious, but actually, like, explain that because it, it's yes. confusing. It is a little confusing, I think. So boundaries are not about telling other people what to do. You cannot control other people's behavior. They're about telling other people what you are willing to do to keep yourself safe and healthy. So in the case of this party I went to, I said to my friend, I can't be here, I need to go home. Now, I said to him, would you take me home? Mm -hmm. I let him know that I had a limit. I invited him to meet me in that limit as a way to make our relationship better, and he agreed. Had he not agreed, I would have said, then I'm finding my own ride. I'm gonna call a taxi. I'm gonna go stay with a friend down the street. Mm -hmm. I would have taken the action I needed. So I think it's a common misconception about boundaries is that they're somehow mean or controlling or punitive, but they really are designed and they come from the self as a way to say, I have this limit. Maybe you didn't know I had it. So I'm going to speak that clearly and kindly, and I'm going to invite you to meet me in that limit. And if you can, then our relationship will be so much more free, more trusting, more respectful, more comfortable for both of us. It really is a gift. Well, one of the ways I thought that this came up in a way that showed this tension was like, you've got like a divorced couple who's co-parenting. And So when the child's under your roof, you have your way of doing it. And then they go off and they're with their other parent. And sort of you talk about how you can't set a boundary for someone else. And I think sometimes it feels like, well, I am setting a boundary for myself. But you're like, oh, no, remember, you have to understand when you're trying to set someone else's boundary. Yes. So I, co-parents are a great example in that I can't tell my son's dad what to do with him in his own home as long as he's healthy right. and safe. I can't tell him what to do about screen yeah. time. or. But what I can do is when he goes to my dad's and my dad, grandpa, loves to fill him up on ice cream. And I say mm. to my dad, dad, eczema, his eczema gets triggered with dairy. Please don't feed him dairy. And my dad continues to do that against my better judgment and against my son's health. Then I can say to my dad, we're going to have to change how we spend time with you because you can't Mm. respect this limit. Mm. So it's not you can't eat ice cream, dad. 
It's right. if you choose to give him ice cream after I've told you not to, then you can't visit with him unsupervised for a while. Or, you know, we're going to not come down and visit you. You can only visit in our own home where we don't have ice cream. But it's always stuff that I'm going to do to hold my own boundary. Well, this is, I mean, what you just said is a great example. I think one of the things that's really valuable about the book is you provide actual scripts for people yes. to riff off of. Because I think a lot of times people talk in abstractions and it's like, in theory, you agree, but then you're like, I don't really understand how I would put that into words, like with my coworker. So you have like actual language for people to look at. So you could see what it would look like to communicate clearly. Because I think sometimes we don't even know what that would look like. And then you also have this green, yellow, red, um, the stages. So explain how that came to be. Yeah. The scripts were really important to me because exactly as you said, people were like, okay, I get it. I think they're important. I think it would help in this situation. How do I say yeah, it? What the heck? <laughs> exactly. And so I give people scripts, but I also give them these green, yellow, red options for every script. So green, yellow, red corresponds to the level of threat that this boundary override represents. The first time it happens, I like to go in assuming the person just didn't know I had a limit. And all I need to do is express that really gently, but clearly. Right. And they'll go, oh, okay, no problem. So the first limit is, hey, dad, please don't feed him ice cream. It doesn't do well in his system. You can give him gluten-free chocolate chip cookies or non-dairy ice cream or this instead. That's my green boundary. Mm. The yellow is if they forget or if they deliberately overstep, then the yellow is stronger. Dad, I've asked you not to feed him ice cream. If you can't respect that, we're going to have to change the way we visit with you. And then the red is the actual boundary. That is the consequence. This person is determined to override your healthy limit. So you say, no, dad, we can't come to your house today. You're welcome to visit us here, but we won't be coming to your house anymore, right? Or for, you know, for a little while because they have proven that they're not able to respect or willing to respect your boundary. So the language escalates so that you don't go in you know, with a sledgehammer yes. when you could just go in with a gentle request. Right, because as you say, like sometimes a light mm -hmm. touch, like there's ways to communicate this. And a lot of times people are just sort of like, well, I didn't, they didn't realize, they didn't know. Yeah. Well, do you find that if you've given the boundary, you know, the red, um, gone to the red zone, that then the behavior does change sometimes? You know, it depends. Some people are simply incapable of meeting your healthy limit, and that has nothing to do with you, right. and it has everything to do with them and their mindset and their perhaps lack of self-awareness. There are some situations in which that person just can't respect your limit. However, I think context really matters. So in the case of someone who's a family who's always talking about calories and dieting and commenting on what's on your plate, if that's been a generational pattern and that's a habitual response every time you get together for food, I might say, just keep reinforcing that yellow boundary. Because mm -hmm. if you say the yellow boundary and they go, oh, you're right, we forgot and change the subject, that's a win. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So you have to take into account intention, context, everything that's going on in the situation. I do. And I think people sometimes think that there are only two options when it comes to a boundary situation. Either I have to keep letting this person walk all over me exactly the way they want to, or I have to cut off all communication. Oh. And there are an infinite number of options in between, right? So in the case of the family always talking about diet, if they really can't stop talking about it, leave the table and go for a walk for an hour and then come back and visit over coffee when they're not on that subject anymore. Or engage with your family not around a meal. Do it when you go for a walk or go for a hike. But there are other things that you can do to keep yourself safe and healthy and make the relationship better that don't involve just going immediately to like DEFCON, you right. know, <laughs> threat level fuchsia. Right. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, you have talked to so many people about boundaries. You talk about this every day. What are the few insights that you find resonate the most with people about boundaries? Oh, okay. The first thing, the biggest piece of pushback I usually get from people is they say, but it's uncomfortable. Ah. I don't Mm. want to set the boundary because it feels so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then I gently point out that what you are doing now is already uncomfortable. It is equally uncomfortable to be anxious, to be resentful, to be dreading certain interactions or avoiding certain people, to swallow your words, to have them leave and for you to just seethe inside your head for an hour or say, (laughs) why didn't I – I should have said this. I should have said that. Why did I say yes? That is equally uncomfortable. The boundary is a short-term discomfort that can provide long-term enormous benefit and freedom And this path just keeps you stuck in this circular, you know, pattern of resentment and anxiety and dread and, you know, mental health and energy and time getting sucked out the window. So I'm kind of like, pick your discomfort, but I would absolutely choose this path. Yeah, either way, you're going to face that discomfort. Okay, so Melissa, what is your tendency? You know, I'm an upholder. Yes. I'm (laughs) such an upholder. Yes. Yes. And how has that come up for you? Well, I actually talk about, with with your permission, I shared about the four tendencies in the book of boundaries, because when you want to set boundaries with yourself, it is so important to know your tendency and how well you respond to internal expectation. Yeah. Because I'm an upholder, I can say I'm going to do something, and I just do it, and it's easy. The problem I have is that I tend to set boundaries that are too rigid, unnecessarily Mm, rigid, where I have to constantly go back and ask myself, okay, do I still need this boundary, and is this the boundary I need? So that's the practice that I have to do in my head as an upholder. Oh, that's so fascinating. Yes, that was one of my favorite parts of your book, of course. Well, and Gretchen, you are great at setting boundaries. You're an upholder, and I think you're great at setting boundaries. So that makes sense. Well, and it's funny because sometimes what we consider to be a healthy boundary, people are kind of like, well, that's sort of cold. And you're like, well, you know. (laughs) This is where the kindness comes in. I do have to modulate my communication because I can be direct almost to a fault. So I have learned to really make sure this boundary is coming from the self, that it's not punitive, that I'm not reacting out of like frustration or anger. And then I tend to add just a little bit more, a little extra sprinkle of kindness there Mm -hmm. because I know I'm going (laughs) to hold my boundary. I'm confident. So it doesn't cost me anything to give them just a little bit more sort of softness. But see, and I have to try to do that, to do that sprinkling. (laughs) Yeah. Because I also can can be pretty much like, hey, I got to do what I got to do. Get out of my way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Melissa, we love to ask our guests for a try this at home, a suggestion for something they can try at home tomorrow to make themselves happier, healthier, more productive more creative. I know you have a million of these, so give us one. I had to pick just one, but yeah. this is the one I'm going to pick because I think it might be the hardest, but also the most impactful. Mm. I'm going to I'm going to challenge everyone mm. to charge your phone outside of the bedroom for an entire week. Ooh, oh. charge it out of the bedroom. Ooh, that this, is that sounds yep. easier than it is. I yes. know. So before you go to bed, you don't even have a charger in your room. You don't even have a charger. So if you are tempted, you go in your room and you say, okay, my charger's not in here for a reason. Charge it in the living room. Charge it in the kitchen. This will keep you from doom scrolling right before bed. Nice little Mm. self-boundary there. And it will keep you from rolling over and getting that intense dopamine hit first thing in the morning, allowing you to start your day feeling proactive instead of reactive. That's my self-boundary tip. Ooh, I love it. Or doing it in the middle of the night, as some Mm -hmm. of us do. Ooh, yes. Oh, well, Melissa, it was so great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me again. 
Coming up, Gretchen gives herself a planning happiness to merit, but first this break. We all know that our life and our health can be improved when we eat nourishing, healthy meals, but it can be hard to maintain. With Sunbasket Meal Kits, it's easy because they take care of the details. Sunbasket offers 18 chef-crafted, dietitian approved recipes each week with options like Mediterranean, carb-conscious, vegetarian, and keto-friendly. The recipes are quick and easy to follow, and you can enjoy a meal full of organic produce and clean ingredients that is ready in 30 minutes or less. Gretchen, we made the uh, Marrakesh merguez patties. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, but I loved eating it with warm carrot salad. And it was so good. And it got Jack eating something that he doesn't usually eat. Go to sunbasket.com forward slash happier today to get $45 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com forward slash happier to get $45 off your first box plus free shipping. This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, Gretch, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit. Okay, well, this is very, like, on point for this episode, which is all about thinking about your future self. So Jamie's birthday is coming up soon, and I haven't figured out what I want to get him. And we've been talking about all this planning, and I haven't been planning. And the thing is, Jamie's really good at getting gifts. He is. He's he's a really good gift giver. He's really thoughtful. He's often kind of out of the box. And I really want to get him something really good and Mm. still kind of... I haven't had my epiphany yet, but truth be told, I only started thinking about it yesterday. Yes, which is why it's a demerit and not just it's, life. <laughs> yeah, it's a demerit because it's not like I didn't know his birthday was yeah. coming up. And yeah. so I wish that I had started pondering it. Because, you know, if you're thinking about it and you're looking around, sometimes you have better ideas. Or Well, it's funny. Jamie could be like a professional gift buyer. He is right? really, uh, he has like a higher consciousness when it comes to gifts. But he's terrible at saying what he wants. Because, you know, in uh, our family, uh, Elizabeth, yeah. it's such a big thing. You are expected to have a long wish yes, list yes. of all price points where somebody yeah. can just go out and buy what yes. you want. Yeah. And it's considered very inconsiderate not yeah. to have that list of, re- yeah. of requests. And he's not good at that. Yeah. So he's he's tricky. But okay, now, I'm, well, now I'm pondering it like mad. All right. Well, ask your girls. Ask Eliza and Eleanor. They may have some ideas. That's true. That's true. Now, how about you, Elizabeth? What's a gold star? Well, Gretch, I am giving a big gold star to my son, Jack, for completing his first cross-country meet. Wow. So yay, Jack. He's never like been in a sport. This is a new thing for him doing cross country. And he's been working so hard at it, like running and working out on days when he doesn't have practice, Mm. trying to improve his time, trying to improve how he runs and and his breathing. He's he's just really committed himself. 
and he had his first meet, and I'm just so proud of him, and I'm really glad that he's taking this on. It's not easy to start a no. sport. It's not easy to start a sport, but the thing is also you can't push a rope. So yes. it kind of has to be his decision to yes. embrace it. So that's great. Yes, and it is totally coming from him. So yeah, that yeah. adds to the gold star for sure. Okay, well, gold star to Jack. Yeah. The resources for this week, we mentioned them uh, in the Tried This at Home. But again, if you're interested in the storage box for holiday cards or mementos or whatever, you can find that at happiercast.com slash storage box. And the memento journal for those holiday cards or invitations or other flat things that fit in a flat pocket type holder, uh, that's at happiercast.com slash journals. Elizabeth, what are you reading? I am reading Oh, William by Elizabeth Strout. And I am reading An Outsider's Guide to Humans by Camilla Pang. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Give a gift to your future self by starting your holiday prep now. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. And what are you doing to start preparing? We need ideas and we need to be nudged as well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to our guest, Melissa Urban. You can read her great book, The Book of Boundaries. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. That is how we find most of our new listeners. And also follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. So, listen, if you're cold, you know, Chuck was the one who told us about throat coat and how great throat coat is if you have if you have a raspy voice. Are you drinking throat coat? I am, and I'm even drinking a Gretsch out of a Sankola Sound mug, Chuck's Oh, in uh, honor of studio. Chuck and his studio. Excellent. Yes, yeah, so hopefully that is getting me through our recording today. From the Onward Project. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students.